Good morning. If you all like to take your seats, we'll get started. All right, let's pray. Uh, dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day that we can come together and we can praise you for uh, your word. And uh, we just thank you that uh, you just blessed the speaker, blessed this topic, um, that uh, it would be edifying to all of us and that we would take something away from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so today we're gonna go over resolving conflict um, it's a fun topic for all, so let's get into it. Um, you know, why is it so important to tame the tongue? The tongue can say so many hurtful things, and it kind of comes out of our heart, but it can be very hurtful. It can, can cause issues later on in life and things like that, and the Bible really goes into taming the tongue. Um, it can hurt relationships. It can hurt old relationships, new relationships, family relationships, friendships, coworkers, careers. Um, you know, there's a thing called de-escalation. Your approach at times of conflict can make a big difference or a big impact in our, inter, you know, in our interaction. So uh, I worked in law enforcement for a long time, so your approach um, to people, it, it has a big difference. Uh, it makes a big difference in, in how that interaction goes. Um, we always call it like de-escalation. So if you come up with somebody aggressively, they're probably going to be aggressively back. If you come up, you know, try to be a little more understanding, um, compassionate, you might get that back depending whatever, whatever they're under the influence of. But um, those de-escalation is, is really important. Um, you've heard the eyes are the win windows of the soul. But I think it would be more accurate to state that um, our hearts are found on our lips. And what does that mean? It's like what comes out of our, off our tongue is really coming out of our heart and our soul and what we mean. Um, <clears throat> so it is also said, you know, what comes out of our mouths reveals something about our motives and allegiances. Um, Martin Luther uh, is quoted saying that, you know, we are idle factories. And what comes out of our mouths comes out, and what we come out with strongly is, you know, is an idol, meaning we struggle making these things of little importance to when we're dealing with other people. <clears throat> so, you know, sometimes if we're dealing with idols, then we can kind of poke the bear a little bit and, you know, get a very different reaction than we thought we would. Um, I'm not sure where this comes out. Um, I struggle a lot with being on time. As far as I, if I'm, if I'm five minutes early, I'm ten minutes late, and I struggle with that. And that's kind of just being, a, like I said, being punctual has always been a thing for me, and I, it's an idol. I know that. I deal with it. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's an eight because my mom wasn't like that, or if just somehow it just comes across that I like being on time. Um, some of my worst parenting and husband experiences were basically because I was running late. And I say some, something hurtful to my family or my kids because that idol of being on time um, is being poked at. 
And uh, like I said, especially being late to worship, um, and that's when the enemy does his best work. I know what you're thinking. Uh, most of you knew us during the stage where me and my wife, we had three kids in four years. So we were really busy. Um, so you have a young family, unless you have Jedi powers or the Force or something like that, getting to church on time, there's a lot of variables to it, can be very, be very challenging. And challenging to my little idol there. <clears throat> but on one occasion, we were early to church. We, it was kind of ironic because today's daylight savings time, but we forgot this. This is a long time ago before we had the watches, but we uh, showed up an hour early to church and at the old synagogue and uh, got in the parking lot and nobody was there. <laughs> like, this is weird. So we decided to go to breakfast and then we were 10 minutes late. So, okay, so my daughter Emma has two nicknames. One was given by Shemaine, pumpkin butt. Um, and the, uh, the other one is kind of ironic because Emma was a D1 cross country athlete at UNLV. But we always called her one speed. No matter how late we were, no matter how much I was in a hurry, like, Emma, hurry up. She's like, okay, and just move at the same pace. And I just didn't even miss a beat. So we always called her one speed. Um, so kind of to resolve this a little bit, there were two conversations I had with both Andersons, actually. Um, Mark did an analogy one time on uh, shopping cart righteousness, where he uh, was explaining that, you know, it really bothered him when people didn't put their shopping cart back in the corral. And I'm like, I'm not the only one who struggles with this. This is awesome. My family people. Um, the other one was by Terry Anderson. Um, she was talking to my wife, and I think, I don't know if Greg was born yet, so we had two kids, and uh, my wife goes, well, I'm a perfectionist, and without missing a beat, Terry goes, well, kids will change, the, kids will fix that. <laughs> so, I guess when it comes to, like, being in a hurry, we always have that, the driving angry thing. Uh, because, like I said, it's an idol for me to be, to be on time. So if somebody gets in my way, what? they're in my way. They're in, they're in my objective to getting where I want to be. So, you know, it causes me some contentiousness in my spirit. Um, I remember one time I picked Greg up from school. And this dude, like, totally cut me off. And I just flipped out in the car. And Greg's looking at me like... What aliens abducted my father and put this guy in the car seat? Because this is not my dad. Um, you know, but those are real struggles. Those are things. And you know, really, keep in mind, I was in law enforcement. I've, your government trained me. Spent a lot of money on me and my behavior, my, you know, suppressing my emotions for dealing with people who were uh, somewhat difficult at times. So it's a real struggle. Um, so... So there's so much importance placed on our tongues and our speech. Our speech can be incredibly damaging to people, uh, the people we love, the ones that are around us. Um, the tongue, uh, I used to tell us to, uh, when I was a probation officer, I'd tell my guys this all the time, I worked in a domestic violence unit, and I'd say the tongue is you know, the rudder of a ship. 
is like the rudder of a, you know, the rudder is, the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It is the smallest piece, but can do the most damage real quick. And those guys that weren't familiar with the Bible, like, yep, been there, man, did that, you know. Um, and then you've heard, like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, honestly, it should be said that they may not break your bones, but they can crush your soul. You know, those words can be very powerful. <clears throat> we've all been in public where we've heard somebody verbally berate somebody, a spouse or a child, or see, like, road rage or something like that. And you think, man, you know, how can you, how can someone do that, talk to somebody they love like that, their family? But, you know, that's where those, those idols come out of. Um, and that's where we know the gospel's true, right? Because, you know, Jesus lived with the disciples for three years. And if you want to know if somebody is a sinner and someone has some struggle, you talk to their family, you talk to people they know the most, they'll, yeah, I, you know. Um, but, you know, Jesus never sinned, so that's how we know that's true. Uh, Proverbs 4, 23 a tongue is like a well in which the deep waters of the heart are drawn out. So like, oh, I hit a nerve, right? If I say something, they hit somebody else and they come back at me a little aggressively or something, or there's a conflict there. Um, you might find out you know, what's important to that person. James three, like I said, the, the tongue is like a rudder of a ship. It's the smallest part, but can do the most damage. And you go on, it says, look at the ships also. Through, they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs it. So also the tongue is a small member, yet boasts in great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, straining the whole body setting on a fire, um, <clears throat> setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are in likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursings, my brothers. These things ought not to be. And that goes through James 3 through 10. <clears throat> then James 4, 1. What causes quarrels among us? I'm sorry. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? It is not this that your passions are at war with you. It's interesting that the Bible describes our passions like we're at war, like Paul says, we do what we don't want to do, and we don't do what we want to do. Um, but it's like that war within us. Your desire, <clears throat> and we do not, we say, you desire and you do not, and you do so and you murder. Um, look at Cain and Abel. You know, he cov you know Cain coveted and, and was jealous and became bitter with Abel, and so he murdered him. So we, the, what the, the fourth, we have conflict in the, in the third chapter, the first book of the Bible, and then by the next chapter, we see the first murder already. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, but we, are, we become jealous. Um, you know, we become jealous, 
and what um, our selfish desires, and we will fight to get it. Um, we are jealous of other situations, money, possessions, gifts. It causes uh, bitterness, um, or if we have to give something up, you know, that, that can cause a lot of conflict with us. And unresolved conflict has major consequences, such as bitterness, resentfulness, um, <clears throat> you know, um, you don't wake up in the morning and go, oh, I hope I get in the thick of it today, you know, with somebody at work or something like that. Um, but like I said, that is constantly there. It can be um, a big issue for all of us. An unresolved conflict can be destructive, can ruin relationships and cause bitterness. The Bible is very specific about bitterness and how destructive it can be to our souls. Um, it's a def you define it as anger is the disappointment at being treated unfairly, so kind of self-righteousness. Um, some good examples of this, um, I'll date myself. Have you seen The Incredibles, the movie? You know, uh, at the beginning, uh, Mr. Incredible, this kid um, wants to be a sidekick. And so he, you know, Mr. Incredible says, I'm not affiliated with you, you know, you need to get out of here. And so the kid leaves. And throughout this kid's whole life, he's bitter about Mr. Incredible not wanting to embrace Incredible Boy, I think it was his name. And, and so he becomes Syndrome, which is Mr. Incredible's nemesis, and comes up with all these weapons to destroy him. Another one that's probably my wife's favorite movie, um, Meet the Robinsons, is, uh, I don't know if you've seen that, it's a, so Lewis is a scientist, and he's developing these things as a kid, um, inventions. And so he's staying, staying up late all night, doing all this stuff, keeping his roommate, Goob, awake. And Goob likes to play baseball. So, so Lewis is up all night doing his one big invention, and Goob has the uh, championship baseball game the next day. And so... Um, <clears throat> He doesn't get any sleep because Lewis is up all night working. And so Lewis misses the game-winning catch because he falls asleep out in the outfield. And, um, and then he, be, you know, the rest of his life, he becomes bitter. And then he comes back as a nemesis for Lewis and tries to ruin Lewis's life by using a time machine. So those things can fester and cause a lot of issues. Um, those are just movies, but in real life, we, we can see that come out. And unresolved conflicts, um, you'll see that come out like, you know, you get in a discussion with someone and then all of a sudden something that you thought was resolved, it's not. I don't know if you guys have ever been in that situation or not. Um, you have Proverbs 14.10, the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. Bitterness robs robs us of our joy because we focus on what others have and not the blessings that we've been given. <clears throat> and then Ephesians 4 talks about unity of the body, uh, starting on verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put out of the way from you along with malice. And then we, you know, I discussed Cain and Abel. Cain became very consumed with bitterness for his brother because he, he felt he was unjustly um, not found favor. Um, 
And so he you know, became bitter at that. He's like, I earned this, I did this, and, and I should, I deserve this. And that's kind of you know, where all that bitterness can come from. Um, in Acts 8, 23, Simon wanted to purchase a gift of the Holy Spirit, and Peter told him, you know, you will be bitter because you think you can, you deserve this. And, um, <clears throat> and Simon goes, please don't, I don't want to be bitter because I know what that does to my soul. I know it can be incredibly destructive. Um, so what does conflict look like? When our differences become conflict, uh, sometimes, you know, we, we said we all have different things, different gifts, different personalities, and uh, that can cause conflict, uh, different relationships. Um, the problem isn't our differences, it's what we do with those differences. Um, gifts, circumstances, you know, politics, that's always a good one. Environment are, can become idols. And when something threatens our idols, then we're poking the bear, you know, and, and you know, I think that's real important to understand um, with dealing with conflict when you recognize that someone's pushing my buttons, so maybe I need to step back a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so it's like an out-of-control desire. See, something we want too much, even good things, uh, something we will sin to obtain or sin if denied. A desire becomes a demand. Uh, what's culture tell us about these things? Culture says, you deserve it. You're worth it. Look out for number one. We are bombarded by ourselves, self-care, importance. Um, looking inward and breeding ground of bit is a breeding ground of bitterness. If I deserve something and it is withheld from me, what's going to happen? Uh, I deserve this, and I, I, you know, like I said, it can become bitterness without the love of Christ in our lives. Um, <clears throat> so Philippians 2.4, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection, any sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accordance, and one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but humility. Count others more significant than ourselves. Let each of you look not only to his interest, but also to the interest of others. Okay, so we're to look at our own interests, but also to the interest of others. So there's an assumption that um, we are going to look to our, our own interests. Um, People are going to look out for their own interests. It's normal. It's expected. Uh, it's almost a form of stewardship. But it has the potential to resonate into selfishness if it gets too um, important to us and we overlook other people's interests. Um, if we're constantly focused on our own interests, then it could rightly be called selfishness. Or if we're constantly focused on others, it's an escape or a conflict avoidance. Um, and that can cause some issues too. So what are some responses to conflict? Um, escape, a response, a running, denial. Pretend the conflict doesn't exist or refuse to do um, what we should do to resolve it properly. The flight, we run away from the situation. It's not just fleeing, but avoiding content, uh, conflict. Problems that have not been resolved usually grow 
and continue to resurface because they have <clears throat> not been properly resolved. Um, so how I grew up, <laughs> this, is a, this is called a pizza incident. Every time I go back to Ohio and I get around my friends I went to high school with or uh, my daughter, she likes talking, and my friend's kids like talking about this. Uh, me and my friend Tom, the way I kind of grew up, I was the youngest, so I got to do pretty much whatever I wanted. But I had to always check in with my mom. No matter what I was doing, this is before cell phones, so I had to get a landlines. Hey, mom, I'm at so-and-so's house. Fine, you're good. So one night, I didn't do that. And uh, uh, it was over a girl. You know, um, but I didn't do that, and I, entered, I wanted to go on a hay rack ride. Um, it was, I think it was during Halloween time. So me and Tom went out with these girls on a hay rack ride, had a good time, showed up at my house around 11.30. My mom was furious. She was furious at me. Uh, because I never called. She didn't know where I was at. And so she's lay, verbally laying into me, yelling at me. That's kind of the way she did things, just going on. My friend Tom's like, oh, my goodness, what is this? So we go upstairs to my room. An hour goes by, and my mom calls from downstairs, hey, you guys want a pizza? <laughs> so that's, that's an avoidance of something my family would do all the time. Um, we, we wouldn't really resolve anything. It would just be, I'm gonna be mad at you for a while and then we're not gonna talk about it, it didn't happen. That's not the healthiest way to go through life and especially when you get married <laughs> and you uh, decide that's how you resolve conflicts with your wife is, you know, we're not, I'm just not gonna talk to you for an hour and then, uh, then everything's fine, right? That's, that's how it usually works. Uh, that doesn't work out too good. Um, so, <clears throat> The next response would be an attack, placing much pressure as possible on, on your opponent, and I stress that term when you're saying attack opponent, you're you know, talking to someone that's you know, adversarial um, in order to win. This is um, basically what happens in that, you blame shift responsibility uh, for the conflict the, uh, by blaming the conflict on other persons. This can lead to gossip, uh, to win others over to your point of view. The ultimate blame shift, Adam and Eve, right? You know, um, see Genesis 3.12, the man said, the woman who you gave me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the classic double shift, the old Potomac two-step, that's what we call it. Um, so those, those type of things, if we're not handling conflict um, in a healthy manner, can lead to those type of things. Um, <clears throat> so what are our peacemaking responses? The Bible talks about us being peacemakers. Um, and this next section is really um, it goes through, I uh, used a book called Resolving Everyday Conflict. Um, they use the term going to higher ground. So a peacemaking response is going to higher ground. First, First Corinthians 10.31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. How can I please and honor God in this situation? God wants us to have 
peaceful relationships, relationships that flourish. That's way much more than just getting along. Like I can handle being on a car ride with you or something, but it's the flourishing of our, our gifts and being able to share those gifts with other people, flourishing those relationships. And when you have a relationship like that, then you can kind of discuss differences a healthy way, in a healthy way, uh, whether you know it's politics, money, uh, current events, things like that. Um, that flourishing relationship helps us do that, um, and it helps us grow, and it helps us to you know um, sharpen each other. The next one: get real about yourself. Matthew seven five. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will so clearly take the speck out of your brother's eye. So examine how you have contributed to the conflict in giving a humble confession. Angry driving moment of clarity sometimes, right? Um, Get cutting off. (laughs) So I took Emma to UNLV this morning. She's going to Mark Camp in California. And... uh, I don't know how many times I've gotten very irritated with someone who has cut me off. So I cut this guy off. On, I'm going from um, going on the 215 from the airport connector. I cut this dude off so bad. I was like, I'm like, ah, you know what? I, I make everybody makes mistakes, right? I'm very much more gracious with me than I would be with another person. But dude, I really I cut this guy off. He was so mad. I could see his hands doing this. I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, man. <laughs> but um, but you'll see that. This is an interesting term. Um, why do we have blind spots when it comes to our own sin? Um, this is, rationalization covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> uh, we want to see our actions in the best possible light. Um, we develop a blind eye to the coping mechanisms. Um, and like I said, like I said, dude, I got this guy off. I'm like, ah, it's okay. He'll, he'll get over it. But me, if that would have been me, I'm just raging at him. But um, <clears throat> we look at it as making mistakes when it comes to us. Um, 2 Samuel 12, 7. Um, Pastor Tim went over this a couple weeks ago. Um, David had Uriah murdered. And I don't know how long it took uh, Nathan to come over and tell him, you are the man. And he never saw it. Was it like two years? Close. I think I saw, I remember seeing somebody. He's like, two years. David's like, I'm a good guy. You know, everything's going well. For someone to point out to him, look what you did. And he's like, oh, I am the man. Um, <clears throat> there's another one called Gently Engaging Others, Galatians 6.1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... You, who are spiritual, should restore him in spirit and gentleness. Keep watch over yourself, lest you be tempted. So respectfully and graciously assist others uh, to see their own contribution. That sounds easier said than done to me. (laughs) But uh, have you ever tried doing this? It's incredibly difficult. There's no way you can do this without committing to prayer, um, making an approach, of understanding empathy, because if not, they're going to come out swinging, and then we're all going to swing, and you know it's it's going to be a 
a good fight <laughs> or argument, it's not going to be a productive relationship um, or, in, or uh, issue. So how do we get to um, lasting solutions? Uh, Matthew 5, 24, leave your gift there before the altar and go first, be reconciled to your brother, and then come offer your gift. A focus on preserving and restoring the relationship through forgiveness leads to lasting solutions. Um, like I said, I grew up in a family where we didn't talk about it. Um, and then after that, it was done, and that is not a healthy way to resolve conflict. It just is a, can be a, a, nice, um, a nice way to just put a bunch of bitterness in a pot and stir it. And then later on in life, it comes back up. Um, but being able to have forgiveness and, and have those things that lead to lasting solutions. And then initiating first steps, Proverbs 19.11. Good sense makes one slow to anger and is his glory to overlook an offense. So whenever we're offended, um, the first thing we should ask ourselves is, can I overlook this? Is this something that I want to you know, draw the sword or, or die on a hill over? Can I overlook this? And, you know, you got to be careful about that because um, it might be also avoiding, right? But um, many conflicts can be resolved by just overlooking it. And an act of love can be put out, can put out a fire before it starts. But just be careful we're not avoiding that so it comes up later. Um, in John 13, 34 through 35, um, a new commandment I give you, I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another by this. All, all people will know that you are my disciple if you love, if you love one another. So how are we loved? How are we loved in Christ? Are we forgiven, or is there things that God brings back up? Uh, we're forgiven. He loved us. He died for us. And that covers <laughs> a lot of things. Um, John 17, 23. Let's see. I, <clears throat> I am them, and you are in me, that they may become perfect one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them, even as I have loved you. So that relationship with the world is, is tricky. Matthew 22, 36, 39. See, teaching which is the great commandment in the law. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great commandment and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In Ephesians 4, 31, 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So we've been forgiven much. So when we look at overlooking an offense, you know, Maybe we can be gracious. I mean, that guy who cuts me off, I can say, you know, I've made that same mistake. Or the guy I cut off this morning, <laughs> she's probably still mad about that. 
um, talking to his wife about, you know, the guy who cut him off in Emma's car. But, you know, that gives us the grace to move forward. And then we do have conflict. We can always initiate that and discuss it and, and resolve it as we're commanded to. So the last part of this, um, conflict provides opportunities. Who would think that? Nobody wants to go through it. Nobody wants to go, oh, but get in the thick of it today, man. It's going to be fun. Um, I guess I was, I was a probation officer, so I did that a lot. And I got to go to court, and I kind of like, yeah, I'm going to get in the thick of it with an attorney. This is going to be fun. Um, but as far as conflict provides opportunities to look to the interest of others, what is in the best interest of others, not just ourselves. So we're not focusing inward. We're focusing outward and what's their best interest. The other one is it helps us to honor one another above ourselves. So <clears throat> we can look at, you know, like I said, just being gracious and honoring others and, you know, putting ourselves and our needs and things like that off to the side for a little bit. It helps us to show mercy. We lay down our rights. We, like Christ, he laid down all his rights when he got on the cross and he died for us that, you know, we can lay down our rights and help us to be gracious to them, to others, to ourselves. Um, and also, it helps us to reflect God's love to those who are around us. So, you know, when we're gracious and public and things like that, people see that instead of somebody, and I've done it too, you know, you know, being a little harsh with my child because they spilled a drink or whatever. Um, but being gracious, and that shows the light of the Lord in, um, in many ways, because that's kind of countercultural to um, what we have. So, so that's resolving conflict. Uh, that's all I have for this morning. Um, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll wrap it up. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you, um, you prod us to be forgiving. You, you bless us to desire to resolve conflicts in our lives because we will have conflicts. And we just thank you for that. We thank you for this day. We pray that you would bless Tim, bless his <coughs> sermon today. Um, just pray that you would just be here and in, in presence with us, Lord. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.